One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And welcome once again to the H&J Daily, some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Uh, we had a bit of a chat about various matters, which you will hear. Um, we also had the book club with Luke Moore and we were joined by the uh, author, James Kerb, a book called uh, Legacy. James kindly joined us at about ten past two in the morning from New Zealand, but um, as you'll discover, he probably wished he hadn't. <laughs> he held uh, his own. Uh, also, um, we had a chat with Mark Smith, the uh, comedian. Derby fan, um, and uh, we because they're the forgotten side in yeah, the Frank Lampard deal. Sure. So, uh, we ran some of the runners and riders to take over from Frank and Harry feels about losing his manager. So, we'll bring you all that, and here it is. I watched uh, a mixture of football last night, I watched the uh, bit of the Canada. Was it, who were they playing? I can't even remember. Sweden. Sweden, Canada. Canada Sweden. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. it was a bit boring, really. I, somebody said it was in the papers. Oh, a very exciting game. I said, well, it wasn't really. And uh, there was no presenter coverage of it. So it was quite dry at half time. So, because it was on the red button. Right. And actually, they had the, a commentary, though, didn't oh, they? Oh, they had a commentary, yeah. yeah. But the. Uh, the actual England uh, Croatia game in the under 21s was actually quite a good game. Yeah, for a, for a dead rub, it was yeah. very open. Wasn't it was it? open in the in England Too game open for, from England's yeah. point of view. Brekolo looks like a, a prospect for them. He, that was a great finish, two great finishes actually. And uh, yeah, going forward they look good, but uh, yeah, they're defensively not good enough. I'm yeah, we're going to come back to that and have a bit of a roundup of uh, the under 21s mm. with Paul Jiggins, who's been out there uh, for the sun, and uh, he's got he's found a few positives despite everything. He'll tell us. He'll tell us what they are a little bit later the, the on. The penalty in the Spain-America game, I think we've gone bonkers, well, haven't we? I mean, how's that a penalty? The second one especially. I mean, to me, that was a, a clear dive. There was The, con- the contact was so... Isn't it refreshing so... to watch a sport where there's no play acting or diving? <laughs> does one actually exist? Exactly. And the contact well, look, she was, was caught. Just, oh, so slightly. She was caught, but then she did an Uvic I've fallen, didn't oh, she? Know, she yeah, uh, the full Mr. Grimsdale. It was a long time. When she realised she wasn't It was a long time ball. after the contact. I just yeah. thought, that oh, you don't give a penalty for that, you know? No. A penalty is a goal. You know, you've got to think about this. You know, it's got to be worth something. And that just wasn't worth it. In a crucial game like that, a yeah. 1-1, I thought it was a poor, poor decision. Think, you know, we, we should stop holding out by some sort of Corinthian ideal because it's not fair and it's not true. And as we've said, as the stakes mm. rise with the amount of money that's in women's football and the, and the, the opportunities to play at clubs around the world, Hmm. You're going to see more of that. There's so much more riding on it. So, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Never mind. Uh, Slavon Bilic has said that managing in the championship was on his bucket list. Hmm. I don't know. I'm more swimming with the dolphins or seeing the pyramids myself. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 
I don't know. It does seem odd when you're managing a top division. Yeah. You said, I'm enjoying this, but I'd much rather work in the second tier. <laughs> I wonder yeah. what went wrong. Oh, they're all in today. We're going to look. They're just there's a bit of a break in play. We've got uh, Gareth Southgate is um, sitting next to Michael mm. McIntyre. Was in he? The, in, at the ground, they're having a sitting. Oh, right. They're probably in the same hospitality box and they've gone, I don't know what they're chatting about. Michael, bit of a Spurs fan. He'll be talking up Harry Kane, I think. Um, Ed Sheeran's there this afternoon. Oh, and, lovely, uh, yeah. It was a hot ticket, as you can imagine, of course. Oh, wasn't it? very hot ticket, really. Rory Bremner, have you spotted there? Stuart Broad, he's having a chat with Stuart Broad. All the stars are out, as you can imagine. Because I once, I was lucky enough to sit in that hospitality bit once, and it is quite, quite, quite hard. Quite Stephen Fry next to me and all that, you know. Did you, did you have a chat? You're normally quite bold, just yeah, marching so up with people I, saying, hi, Andy Jacobs. Talk sport. Out goes the hand. Oh, oh. you throw the talk sport in as well, <laughs> do you? Oh, yeah, I like nice. to. That's nice, yeah. I find that's uh, a door opener. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it really? Not really, no. It's a door, door, door slammed in the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would be more accurate, Good. I'd say. And um, tonight's race meeting at Newbury. Oh, oh, yeah. What a great night it's going to be for plumbers. Oh, it's my. a plumber's day out. Okay, the 710, the Pegasus Pumps <laughs> Limited Handicap. 740, the Young Pumpen and Pump Technology Handicap. <laughs> 815, the Pump Technology Handicap. And 845, the Lee San Marine Sanitation Handicap. Wow, fantastic. Sounds a load of bilge to me. I'm going to take me rods. <laughs> <laughs> Not often I take me rods racing. Yeah. Be good. You might get a bit of a discount going in. So is this is this is a completely sponsored evening. I yeah, take at it, Newbury. Yeah, the young pumpin. I don't know the sound of that. It sounds like a. <laughs> sounds a bit worrying, doesn't it? Really? That's what it's called. Yeah, okay. I don't make these things up. Well, the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Yeah, every week uh, we have a, a close look at a, a sports book. Uh, many of those kind of shortlisted for the sports book of the year, kind of award-winning books from different sports. Uh, we were aware of the fact we'd not really covered a, a, a rugby union book, and Luke Moore, who's with us now uh, from uh, Football Ramble, of course, uh, and the season ticket here on Talk Sport every Friday, uh, had one in mind. Luke, good afternoon. Good afternoon to both of you. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Now, this was... Oh, dear. You've got to be kidding me. No, I really wish I was. Um, I think we're going to cross very shortly to Guy Swindles because uh, <laughs> I told, you, I told you Jason Roy was a miss. We were sitting here just now saying if just James Vince can raise his bat, whether it's fifty or a hundred, yeah. it will make such a difference to him. I uh, just think England clean ball through I, the game. I just don't understand why England didn't bat first. I don't get it. You so you're under so much pressure when you bat second. Bonkers. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, no way to go England yet. have lost a wicket. We'll, uh, we'll, oh yeah, first man down. James Vince sadly has gone. So England are not. Wasn't for a great one. shot. It's a horrendous dismissal as well, by yeah. the way. Horrible shot. the gap between his bat and his pad yeah, about awful. six inches wide. The pressure oh, does to you. you. Anyway, um, let's go on to... Uh, yeah, James so, Vince's book. Uh, James, James, <laughs> yeah, of course, James, James Kerr's book, Legacy. <laughs> what the All Blacks can teach us about the business of life. So it's worth giving a bit of background to James Kerr. We're going to chat to him later on. Yeah, James Kerr is an author, motivational speaker, and I mean, he can tell you himself a bit later on about the things, he, all the things he gets up to. Um, the the book is Legacy: What the All Blacks Can Teach Us About the Business of Life, and the subtitle is Fifteen Lessons in Leadership. Um, we haven't done a rugby book before, as you guys have already said, and I thought it was it was um, it was it was high time we did one. And uh, what better place to start than, than the All Blacks? Really, I mean, they're the most successful 
men's rugby side of all time with a winning percentage of apparently 77.41% across 580 tests in yeah. over 100 I mean, years. just shy of sort of 75% yeah. in 125 years, which suggests it's not kind of cyclical, does no. it really? <laughs> no. so it could be yeah. a very they long don't... cycle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But... I, uh, I had a problem with this book, though, I have to say. Um, number one, it made me hope that anybody else but the All Blacks win the World Cup in <laughs> September. I thought, stop... <laughs> shoving it down my throat you get the idea you're good at rugby and uh, doesn't mean you're better than us just means you're better at rugby and uh, I, I find these books where they're full of aphorisms and platitudes that people put on Instagram and Facebook and they appear in your timeline and you just think oh shut up yeah. you know I mean, I, but that's me I, I just I, I think you you know I, I don't like these ideas of the way you can you know things like Sweep the sheds. Never be too big to do the small things that need to be done. It's all very, it's fairly, find, it's fairly obvious, isn't it? But do you not no. find that absolutely fascinating? That the finest that we've just established, the finest team, team sport team in history, the first thing they do after they win a game is take care of cleaning up after themselves in the dressing room because that's something that's always been done in the history of the team. You think that? Do you think Chelsea mm. do that? No, Japan do it. Well, it doesn't fine, help yeah. them win the World Cup, no, does it? I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think people are suggesting you know, that. I, I don't think the reason they're fantastic at rugby and win the World Cup and have a 75% win record has got anything to do with the fact they clean the dressing room afterwards. I think it's just the fact they're very, very good at rugby and they're obsessed with rugby. And I think it's more like Matthew Said's thing that, 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 that as you grow up as a young New Zealander, rugby is in your blood, rugby is mm. all around you. The opportunity to become a good rugby player, a great rugby player, is there. I think... Look, I don't think they're suggesting that there's a direct link between being tidy and being the finest sports or the finest athletes around. But what I do think they think, and I was personally fairly convinced by by the argument in the book, that you take care of all these little things and as they add up, they do actually mean something. I mean, the first thing that the guys at Team Sky did when they won all those cycling um, events and the Tour de France and the Olympic stuff is take care of all the details. And the details are important. And what it does is it feeds into a, a larger whole. And I'm sure James, when he comes on later, will be able to tell us about this. The idea that, you know, it's not just about the kind of athlete you are and how hard you work. I mean, it is about those things, but it's about the kind of person you are as well. I, I, I was personally, I don't know how you feel, Paul, but I was personally quite convinced of the idea that better people make better sports people people but better athletes I mean clearly the focus is important and the way you conduct yourself and carry yourself is important and I think it's great that they're very aware of their place in history mm. I, I find that fascinating yeah there, there are aspects of it I bought into it there is, there is that thing though isn't there it's kind of it's a kind of a mythology no, that's not right it's almost kind of leveled to the kind of raised to a sort of deity the way it's written about is that it's it's not just about sport it's it's about much more than that and it's and kind I, of and I think we all do I think we all do subscribe to that in, yeah. in essence I'll, t- I'll give you another example you know when Manchester United talk a lot when there's a lot of talk about who's going to wear the number 7 shirt next season at Man United we all know the reason why that conversation's happening because mm. of the great players that come along in the past I mean yeah. you'd be the same with whatever team you support mm. and the great players down the down the years take fi- accepting your place within this larger pantheon of what the team actually is it, i think it's really interesting there's there's also one thing that actually i found very surprising in this book is that james kerr the author insists that there is no pre-match team talk in the all blacks dressing room before a game the players are left to their own devices to get their head around what's happening and to get focused because the thinking is if, 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 an, if an all black isn't ready by that point and they shouldn't be there anyway i mean i found that absolutely because the first thing you would think of is that the manager's going to come in and give this rousing team talk or explain what's happening yet they don't do that at all in new zealand mm. and, and and the thing that and that was one of the few things that that made me wonder it can't 
if if they if other people are just doing things wrong, whether the conceived wisdom and the and the established thinking about certain ways to run top level sports teams are just wrong, and New Zealand are doing it in quite a, which seems like a, a kind of opposite way that you'd think, um, but that's actually the way to be doing it. Yeah. I tell you what's interesting that we've we've been lucky enough over the years to to kind of interview in person some of the the, the, the top players, some of the guys mm. that would probably be in a lot of people's top tens, like Sean Fitzpatrick and mm. Jonah Lomu a couple of times, mm. and Richie McCaw came in the, the studio. Richie McCaw well. features yeah. in the book an awful lot. Yeah, he yeah, does. Yeah. And they talk a lot about humility, mm. and you know, just the guys are in the the best of the best, the kind of legends. That that can can be a bit of a side to them, but I always felt certainly with McCaw when he came in he was right at the top of his game when he came in with Ali Williams mm. about but you see I don't think you ago. can simplify it like this you yeah. see because I can, I'll tell you a footballer with no humility whatsoever <laughs> which is Cristiano Ronaldo and he's the, probably the second best player of all time you yeah. know so I'm not sure that yeah. the, these things no, actually I, I, apply to universally I think and I'm not saying it's wrong to be humble I think yeah. it's a good thing but you know I don't think those are the reasons that make you a great sportsman. I mm. think it's something intrinsically yeah. within you and it's something about the upbringing and the, the 10,000 hours things, the, the access to coaching. And I think all this comes kind of afterwards when somebody's very, very successful. Mm. You can sort of start doing these things. It's your backfield you know. narrative kind of thing. Well, I think I there's I well, I mean, an element of that. One, I do. Thing is, one thing that's absolutely clear, and I used to live in New Zealand, I was there um, 15, 16 years ago. One thing is absolutely clear, it is an app. A complete factory when it comes to producing top level rugby players, mm. and and that's that's obviously not open for debate. Clearly, that is the case. Um, but I think a, lo- a large part of this book is trying to take what they do very well and seeing if you can apply it to other areas of life to to give yourself um, a better chance of success and whatever it is you're doing. I, I think I think. The backfilling of the narrative is an interesting thing because I do think in, in most walks of life, if you grab someone and say, how did you become a millionaire or whatever, the, re- the reality might well be mm. they didn't have a plan. It just, it just happened and they worked really hard and they got a bit lucky along the way or whatever. But clearly that's not a great story, is it? People don't write books about that. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so, maybe, so maybe there is an element of backfilling the narrative going along. But I do think the things that are interesting within this book are sufficient enough to people to pick it up and go, I didn't know that's how this team did that. I find it fascinating what goes on behind the scenes because a lot of it isn't necessarily what you'd expect. Mm. And it is, some of it at least, is applicable to to um, to your own life in, in different ways. And, and one thing they're very, very um, interested in and, and tapped into is the history of their country, like the Maori folklore and, and wisdom and indigenous people's kind of experiences and stuff. And they are also very... One thing we, I think we can hopefully all agree on is they all appear, based on this book, to be very, very appreciative of what it means to be a part of that legendary team, which has been built up since 1903, it's got a rich history, and and they yeah, have uh, a big intimidation factor as well. Yeah, you know? yeah, doesn't yeah. hurt, I mean, does it, to, but, be, to be like that? But yeah. personally, and again, I mean, you, you won't agree with me, but I think the hackers should be banned. I think it's I think it's cheating. I think it's a sort of, <laughs> I do. I think it's a kind of intimidation that you you've got no choice. So however you react to it. They react in a certain way. So if you if you stand and you ignore it, they they feed off that. If you if you engage them, they feed off that. I, I think it's I, I find it a bit sort of like Should I quite like it, but it's got. I've noticed. I watched an old hacker from the sort of like the seventies. I think when the famous All Blacks. It's quite against, comedy, isn't it? Watching it. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's nothing like the thing no. now. It's become this massive, overhyped, too much of a thing, really. So you know, I, I'm. 
I, I like the myth of it, but I'm not, you know... I'm would you Would you be open to the idea of perhaps England doing like a Morris dance in like response? <laughs> I don't think we'd have the edge. Really. <laughs> <laughs> you can't really do a throat-cutting gesture at the end of a Morris dance when you're holding a couple of hankies and wearing a bowler hat. With bells and around you've got bells ankles. on your socks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that yeah. moment where all the England players have to take the bells off yeah. their socks. I'm not, you know, it is spectacular, it's especially the final moment yeah. where they all yeah. leap up. Well, they were, of course, it's a great sight. I mean, he says in the book they were going to get rid of the hacker at one point. They decided they weren't going to carry on with it. Anyway, uh, we're going to have a chat with the author. He's mm. kind of got up in the middle of the night. I know, so I better keep quiet. <laughs> <and use it>. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I'm, I'm sure he'll take your criticisms on board. Um, yeah. But we'll have a chat with James Kerr about the book, uh, Legacy, what the All Blacks can teach us about the business of life. Mm. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hawksby and Jacobs Book Club on Talk Sport. Yeah, book club this afternoon. We're chatting about James Kerr's book, uh, Legacy, What the All Blacks Can Teach Us About the uh, Business of Life. And very kindly, despite the uh, the late hour, or very the early hour yeah. probably, uh, the author, <laughs> uh, James Kerr, has, uh, has joined us now uh, from his home in New Zealand. Good afternoon, James. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, Hello, guys. Can, what time is it with you? <laughs> Good I mean, morning, I, I think. I dread to think. What is it? What is it? Uh, quarter to two in the morning. Oh, yeah, oh we uh, really appreciate sake. you joining us. That's very nice of you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the book has uh, caused a lot of uh, interest and chat in the first part of this uh, thing. I mean, um, Luke, who's reviewed the book for us, he, he really thinks there's something to it. I have to be honest and say uh, I had a slight problem with the book in terms of uh, aphorisms and platitudes and... Uh, whether these things a lot of it struck me as the sort of thing people put on Facebook to sort of inspire them and I just wondered how much of the fact that New Zealand are brilliant at rugby is more important than actually some of these things that that they try and live by Uh, well you know um, (laughs) good nice start thanks very much for that Um, (laughs) well I thought I might as well I mean go on yeah yeah put it on the line um 
you know, I, th- I think the thing, you know, rugby is a simple sport. Simple ideas go a long, long way. You know, and the, in the heat of pressure and the heat of battle, bringing together a team, bringing together a, a bunch of people, simple, universal ideas have huge currency. You know, they really do. You can call them platitudes if you want. I don't necessarily believe that they are. I think that they hold kind of a richness and a depth of meaning that that create the kind of conditions that you want for a world-class team. And these guys you know, are the world-class team. So it clearly works. Um, you know, whether that's a matter of, to your taste or not, I think the, the proof is in the pudding to an extent. You know, nearly 80% of, of uh, win ratio over 125 years sort of puts paid to opinion, I would say. Uh, James, is it, is it the case then, are we talking about the idea that they, they cease to become platitudes, as Andy calls them, if the people involved actually really buy into them, believe in them and carry them out and they become manifest, if you like. That's what separates them from being platitudes to being actual good, solid yeah, ideas. Yeah, I think so. I think it's about behaviour. You know, mm. you know, a great culture is a set of behaviours and if you get the behaviours right, it acts as what the military would call a force multiplier to your talent, mm. you know, and, and you want to align around some pretty simple ideas. You know, if you want to go back in time, the all the old, you know, the Vedic chronicles, you know, the whole, the basis of all the world's religion started with some pretty simple phrases, you know, know thyself. Mm. Very, very simple. And they become platitudes with repetition. And when you see them on Facebook, they're already platitudes, I'd say. Mm. But, but the simplicity of those ideas, those kind of threads of ideas that hold it together, shape behaviors. And if you get those behaviors right, you, you make the most of your talent and, and you keep on making the most of your talent, yes. But how much is the All Black success due to access? I don't know if you're aware of Matthew Said's book, Bounce, but, you know, this thing of being access to great coaching when you're young, because this is a rugby-mad country with massive success. It kind of defines almost the New Zealand nation. And so, therefore, you know, a lot of their success comes from the fact they produce, don't they, a lot of great rugby players. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think there's a multitude, you know, it's a complex system. There's a multitude of facts behind the, the All Black success. You know, the... They, they, 125 years ago, they kind of lit up, or 100 odd years ago, they lit up the fields of, of, of England and of Britain. And that legacy, if you like, proved that the small island nation in the middle of nowhere could kind of, you know, compete with the world and win. And so that, that the pride and the, the benchmark that that sent is, is massive. And that's helped shape, you know, they talk about it's a religion in New Zealand, much more than uh, than a game of rugby. And, um, but it's also, you know, it's, it's a small country, but it's big enough to produce talent. It has a great demographic spread between, you know, Fijian wingers and, and sort of the macaws of this world, the sort of Scottish emigres sort of heaving, doing the hard work up the front. And it's got fantastic clarity of pathways. You know, it's got coaches and competitions that mean that Talent is spotted from from very, very young age and nurtured. And, you know, the greatest thing you can hear in New Zealand is, you know, one day, son, you'll be an all black. Mm-hmm. And, 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 that, and that visibility and transparency and, and the, the pathways are very, very strong and lead to, you know, some, uh, make it a talent factor. James, some, someone you mentioned who came up there is Richie McCaw, and he, he features in the book again and again as this guy who typifies these values. And, and, and I know the chaps in the studio here have met Richie and were very impressed by him. I mean, I mean he's, is he, the, is he the, um, the keystone to all this? Is he the guy that typifies it more than anything else? Well, he's certainly one of the great All Blacks, um, yeah. you know, and he's, he's uh, you know, he's, he's a guy who lets his behaviour do the talking, if you like. Mm. Um, 
And, and uh, you know, he's got the record to prove it. A couple of World Cups, uh, 148 appearances for his country and one of the toughest positions you can, you can choose to play in world sport. I mean, an, an exceptional athlete and an exceptional kind of character. And that, you know, in, in the book, I'm really interested in, you know, that, how character kind of shapes destiny, if you like. How, you know, they talk in the All Blacks, better people make better All Blacks. How the... The, 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 the total package of a human being, it becomes more than just talent and, and performance on the pitch. It becomes, uh, you know, a 180 degree view of, of what it means to be an All Black um, and what it means and what greatness means. And I think, yes, he absolutely embodies that. Clearly one of the great rugby players and, and as you say, you know, a hugely impressive character. Uh, Graham uh, Henry was in charge of the team at, at this time, James, when he wrote the book. I mean... Um... I suppose, I suppose all the coaches effectively must buy into these values if they're, if they're going to be part of the setup. Everybody comes in to the structure. Could you ever foresee a time when somebody comes in and says, no, let's kind of rip the rule book up. It's, it's kind of my way or the highway or the, the hierarchy there uh, around New Zealand rugby bind to it every, much as, every bit as much as the coaching staff? Well, yeah, I think, I think they do. And I think... Um... You know, you'd be crazy to chuck out the, the baby with the bathwater in a way. You know, yeah. it's got such an extraordinary legacy, extraordinary ancestry and, and a sense of kind of meaning what it means to be an all black. And, you know, I think you'd be kind of crazy to, to chuck that one out. Inevitably, there'll be a time that, that the wheels fall off, you know, this particular culture and there'll need to be a reboot at another time. But but I think the continuity and the, and the consistency of approach has been you know, hugely powerful for this team. And, you know, if you look at Steve Hansen, the current All Blacks coach, has been with the team, I think, 16, 17 years. Gilbert Anoka, the mental skills coach, nearly 20. The, 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 the level of consistency at the top and, and therefore the coherence of that team uh, is massive um, and is a, one of the massive factors, I think, for their ongoing success. Good yeah. stuff. Well, look, we must thank you very much for uh, getting up. Um, yeah, thanks, James. We did have a chat about the hacker. Your book starts with that. I've called for it to be banned, but there you go. <laughs> Although they did, you say in the book, James, they did. There was a period when they they were they weren't going to kind of continue with the hacker. They were thinking of stopping doing that. Yeah, so banned. in two thousand, exactly in two thousand and four, the 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 hacker had sort of lost its meaning, I think, for the players, and and they were going to turf it out, but they. They rebooted effectively and, and created as a team, for the team, uh, a new hacker. And I think one of the things that, you know, we see it perform from the outside, but really the team performs it for themselves. We saw that in Wales when the Welsh got a bit strange about the hacker being performed and they performed it for themselves in the locker room. And because it's so, so such a powerful embodiment, literally an embodiment of what it means to be an all-black and a, and a connective galvanizing force, it's not really about terrifying the opposition. It's really about bonding the team. And so, um, love it or hate it, you know, you're asking the wrong guy about it. I love the haka, and I can <laughs> see that. And, and so does the country. And you can see it galvanising both the, the team and also the country around the team. It's a it's a uniquely New Zealand tradition, and that's hugely valuable for for us as Kiwis. Sure, that's good stuff, good. James. Thanks, Thanks so much James. for joining us. Appreciate it. Yeah, total, total pleasure. Thanks, Thanks guys. For the time. Thanks for having me.
James Kerr there, two o'clock in the morning. God bless him. Uh, yeah. Legacy, what the All Blacks can teach. Just have a Randy over go at him. What the All Blacks can teach <laughs> us about the business. I think he goes out for about 15K to, to speak to businesses. Oh, yeah, there. look, a lot so, of people yeah. will I think really I think enjoy. he may have the last laugh. No, yeah. and a lot of people will love this book and get a lot out of yeah. it. I think they will. I'm just, you know, a yeah. bit of an old cynic. And no, you've got to be honest. You've got yeah, to talk and I, about and it. I have to speak yeah. as, you know, yeah. as I found when I was reading. It doesn't it. help that England are losing wickets. That, no, that, no. Can, that can actually darken his mood. No, that's not true because I said that before I, I came know. in. Can like we bike one of these over to Lords for this? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, just, just very, I know we've got to wrap up, but very, very quickly, I, th- I think one thing that, that James touched on there, which I think is interesting and in how it relates to the football teams and the, and the team, sports teams here that we like, it's a culture, right? When a, co- when a new coach comes in, based on the back of your question, when a new manager or a new coaching staff comes yeah. in, they already know the culture. Yeah. For so many They've years... They've probably been watching, part of as a player. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, many yeah. years watching the England football team, for example, all of us here, yeah. it would be ripped up and started again every single time. Sure. And so... The, the idea I think partly is to is to avoid that kind of thing because people everyone knows yeah. what to expect and what they're there for um, it's published by Constable it's available now uh, by James Kerr Legacy What the All Blacks Can Teach Us About the Business of Life 15 Lessons in Leadership and if you like uh, rugby but if you also like what makes the best team in sporting history tick that is the book for you good stuff thank you very much Luke thanks for you guys uh, thanks for we'll, we'll go down a different road next week uh, we decide what we're going to do yeah we, shoe, dog. shoe Dog oh yeah Shoe Dog yeah very Phil different Knight, sort of founder of, book. of Nike that's right I've yeah, started well, it already it's fascinating good stuff we're going to be talking about that next week the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast so batting second was supposed to avoid an early collapse well done well, these two uh, have got us out of trouble before, and that's the only positive you can find at the moment quite a few times, haven't they? Uh, well, Bearstow and Stokes. So, and yeah, let's yeah, for the yeah, best. Butler still can make a run, but it's down to these three, and that's a lot of runs to make between three blokes, and uh, it's not looking good. And uh, having gone into the tournament as favourites and playing well, honestly, the way they've performed in this tournament has been fairly poor, really. Mm. You know, not good. And another defeat... Batting second would tell you that perhaps next time you might think of bat- batting first. You know, it might be a better idea. I don't know. Oh, well, what can you do? Um, right, we've been talking about VAR, as you we may have, have noticed. Yeah, and, a few uh, people have, to be honest. Yes, quite a few people. Neil in Blackpool, who I wrote to the Daily Star, was a very novel, oh, right, okay, very yeah. novel idea. He said, why doesn't every footballer, either men or women, say no to VAR? If that's used, we refuse to play. It's causing too much controversy. Get it out or we walk out. <laughs> Brilliant, that's good, isn't it? Yeah. So, like, the league sign up for it, but you as players decide. Yeah, so, no, we're not. No, we're not. That we're not if, if you're using those cameras, <laughs> we're not going on. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, Do you want tattoo news? I've got two lots of tattoo news. Oh, this news. one is fantastic. The main it? tattoo knows, he's, uh, news, not tattoo <laughs> knows, what a place to tattoo. <laughs> it's Greg's fan, Nicole Reed, 19. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Nicole um, got a tattoo of uh, the <laughs> Greg's Bakery logo. Yeah. And that entitled her to a free pasty. But that's basically. <laughs> Economics, isn't it? I mean, what's a tattoo? That tattoo must have cost at least hundred quid. Yeah. What's a pasty? You can probably get two for three quid. Can't yeah. You? She hasn't really done the numbers. Not uh, really. She, and yeah. uh, you know, I mean, how much of a fan of Greg's can you be? I told you before, my um, my son's friend decided to to have a barcode on his neck, mm. and they often wondered what it was. So they they were mm. they managed to get it scanned, and it's um, it's Tesco. Packet ham. <laughs> well, so the tattooist had to base it on something. Well, exactly. He'd obviously yeah. just gone into his kitchen. And he, so I think he'd said to him at the time, I need some kind of reference. I'll see what I can find. And so they scanned, yeah, scanned the top of his neck. And there he is. Yeah. He is basically processed. Marvellous. Uh, economy Tesco <laughs> tattooed uh, ham. That's what he is these days. It's excellent. Nice look. And uh, do you know, this is an old one. 
An article in The Guardian questions whether winking is socially acceptable in 2019. It is official. We've all gone mad. And the reason is that if you wink with somebody, it's sort of conspiratorial. Yeah. You're excluding other people from the joke sort of thing. So, you you know, we saw Camilla kind of wink at... Uh, I can't remember who she was winking when she was with Trump recently. But yeah. She did a sort of wink to the side to the camera. You don't often... It's The wink has died out, hasn't it, really? Yeah. You don't, you well, don't, you don't see you many it's, of them. I've, I'm looking next door at the, 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 it's the, not the many PC. young people... Can you even... I look at our producer. Are you Can you wink, John? Is it something you've uh, quite... Oh, oh nice. we've got quite a lot. That was like an emoji. Yeah, that was. <laughs> he, and also he did that little twist of the head. <laughs> he's like... An, he's like Basically, he's a young man, but he could there. He could have been a 60-year-old milkman <laughs> doing all his red-top gags. So the... Um, that's good. Uh, Becky, oh, Becky's on the... Can you wink, Becky? Can you... Uh, oh, yeah, she's doing the head as well. It helps. Uh, Andy there, Andy on the... No, he can't wink. No, he's... No, well. uh, he's, he's afraid uh, that's it. <laughs> win them all, can you? Yeah. And uh, the Sun had a feature this morning about the high-priced Gucci track suits. I don't know if you've seen these things. They're about eighteen hundred. You know. We spotted them last year. We were in Harvey Nichols in Edinburgh. Yeah. We're going through there. They've got a very good menswear department. So we thought we're going to have a look. Oh yeah. And then these track suits. I mean, it's like, they were. They were they, they, these were fifteen hundred quid. You go. Who would? Who'd want to wear this? You're I mean, have money, haven't you? Well, you and no taste. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Apart from that, yeah. Step forward, Lewis Hamilton, is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, probably, yeah. yeah. America's Generation Z are... I don't know who they are, but anyway, I suppose it's people born at a certain time who will explain it to me. Yeah. Are snubbing deodorant or post, anti-perspirant? Post-millennials. Post post-millennials, yeah, 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 according to a poll. About 40% of 18 to 24-year-olds said they hadn't used deodorant in the last month. <laughs> and almost half hadn't purchased deodorant in the past year. Okay. It's incredible, isn't it? I, I suppose that's a sort of... Is that a green thing, ecological thing? I suppose it must be. Yeah. They, maybe just but roll-ons like, are all right. They like stinking. Mind you, that's I, all I'm plastic, not sure. I'm not a scientist, it? Andy. <laughs> roll-ons are all right, Well, it's the, the spray, I can understand, yeah. but then the roll-ons are full of plastic. I so think not sure, Andy. Can you wink? Are you capable of... No, no, it looks like... That's a twitch. <laughs> you See, that's the difference. You've made, you've turned it into a twitch. You're, you're doing the mouth as well. You're giving us a bit of Scott Parker mouth with it. That's right, not, right. It doesn't really quite work, does it? I do, really, is it? Quite as well. What can you do? And, uh, and of course, <laughs> I wonder why people write this stuff in. You can't do anything about it, but mm. uh, Axel wrote to the Daily Star. He said, now it's the tennis <laughs> Where season. Where will we be without the Daily Star? Well, Star's it keeps me going in the off-season. Sure. Now it's the tennis season. I do hope it's not going to monopolise the TV schedules, i.e. programmes will be shown at a later date. Don't forget, not everybody likes tennis. Well, it's a bit late to be writing that, isn't it? After wall-to-wall it's, Wimbledon it's coverage. It's British TV for two weeks, <laughs> Probably for about, well, ever since telly was invented, really, wasn't it? Uh, What's the point of writing yeah, that? Once they became readily available. So uh, to, yeah. to, to start railing against it now, I think that ship has sailed, don't you? Yeah, really, I do, really. Interesting throwback to Sunday's game against Cameroon for the women, England women, the Lionesses. Yeah. Um, last night, uh, Martin Tyler and a lot of people, the Cameroon players said the flag had gone up. That's why they were upset. Martin Tyler mentioned it too. For, so the, the, for the Alan White But I went in. back and I listened to Jonathan Pearce in commentary and he clearly says in commentary, the flag has stayed down, now it's gone up. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm not sure where, what actually happened here. Where Did it go up? Did it, is that what made them... They didn't really stop, did they? No, they didn't stop. Oh, we're going to get a lot of this next season. It's a bit of a disaster, isn't it, really? Uh, not as much of a disaster as England's reply uh, to 285. <laughs> I because, thought they'd lost another one. No, no, it's not quite that bad. 30 for three. Um, at the moment, uh, they win the... from here, then they they'll probably win the World Cup. Yeah. I just can't see it myself. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Let's move on. We're going to tell you what we're going to we're going to talk about the forgotten team in, in this great uh, 
Frank Lampard uh, loving um, because it now seems, of course, that uh, Frank is uh, off to Chelsea. Well, he was off to <clears> Chelsea <throat> anyway, but Derby have, have said earlier on today they've given him permission to yeah. uh, talk to the club. <clears throat> and but, Derby will make four million quid out of it. It's not. It's not a bad, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's. It, yeah, and they might no, get a bit of money for Jody Morris as well and for the other performance director. Sure, feeling a whole lot better about <laughs> losing his manager who uh, took them, yeah. Uh, is uh, Mark Smith, comedian and Derby County fan. Hi, Mark. Hi, guys. How are you? I'm sure you're, I mean, you've all been down there at Pride Park celebrating the £4.5 you'll get for Jody and Frank. And, uh, well, that's what football's all about, isn't it? It is. It's all about... For me, football's all about compensation. <laughs> never, mind, never, mind, never mind the glory. As, uh, to paraphrase Bill, uh, to Danny Blanchflower, it's all about compensation. So, Absolutely right. Yeah, um, so how are you feeling, um, knowing that uh, you just had one season of Frank Lampard with so much... Uh, Promise. Um, well, I think it's a day of mixed feelings, really. I think um, someone of the stature of Frank Lampard, you know, the, the celebrity and the fame that comes with it, it does elevate the city. I don't want to sound pious, but it elevates the city to a certain level. And it gives us a lot of um, opportunity that we wouldn't have before. We have a lot more games on TV than we had before. Um, and it's been great for everybody involved. However, it's disappointing it's only last of one season if, you know, if it all goes ahead with Chelsea as it looks like it will do. Um, and he only really got us one stage further than Gary Rowett with a big budget. So hmm. although I like Lampard a lot and I would absolutely love him to stay, uh, I do think we can recover from this and hopefully if Mel Morris, our chairman, is happy to invest again, uh, you know, without FFP getting involved, yeah. um, I'm, I'm hoping we can, we hmm. can sort of kick on and try again. Well, the four and a half million will help. They yeah. used Derby used the no, well, they did. They used the loan market really well last year. Tamori, yeah. Mount, and uh, Harry Wilson, and probably more of the same will help. I think. Yeah, I think so. I think probably our best three players were all loan players last year, and that's what you get with a big name like Lampard. We're talking about a generation of players who have seen him play at his peak, and they've grown up with him, thinking of him as a legend, and and it's so much easier to attract a player like that of that generation to the club when you've got someone like Lampard. So, I mean, I know there's, there's rumours about Gerard coming in and he'd offer a similar sort of thing in terms of personality. But I think realistically for us going forward, although Gerard would be a, you know, a similar coup as, as it was for, for Lampard, I think that someone like Chris Hewton for me would be someone who I could imagine there, being there for a few years yeah. and, and building something and, 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 and building up one lamp, on, on what Lampard has achieved so far. And, this, and yeah, he's good at getting in, teams promoted. Yeah, exactly. Chris has got, I mean, something you, you want, which is to get out of the championship and back into the Premier League, and he's, Chris he has done that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I... Sorry, uh, sorry Mark, I, I watched Derby last year on telly and live, and uh, one thing that did impress me was the way they played. I thought the style of play was good, and that's something that you want to retain, I think. Yeah, absolutely. But I think there is also, you know, we're sort of being a bit revisionist here because there was two or three months in, in the season, last season, from probably from Christmas to around start of March, where we were very, very poor. We, we looked like we, we'd run out of ideas. And we started the season well, we ended the season very well. And it was, I think that covered up, you know, it masked a few of our shortcomings. Uh, but I think Chris Hutton, who, who played great football in the championship, and only when he got to the Premier League did he play more defensively for Brighton. But you've got to because you're playing at a different level of opposition. Mm. I, I think there's I think there's plenty of places for us to go. I'm not completely downhearted. I just feel like I just wish Lampard had given us a couple of more years 
Let's yeah. let's play a it's little difficult. game. I think if yeah. there hadn't been the transfer ban, I think he probably would have. That, that's yeah, how it would have played yeah, out. Yeah, he probably would have done perfect. Yeah. And also, by the way, I can't I can't begrudge him doing this. His family are down there. He's he's Chelsea. You know, he's he's Mister Chelsea. Mm. I have no problem with him doing it. I just. You know, missed opportunity for us as Derby Timing, fans, yeah. someone of that calibre. Yeah, that's all. I've got some of the names on the uh, on the betting shortlist, and so let's play yes, no, maybe for, uh, for in, in the interest of speed. So I'll okay. give you some names, and I just need a yes, no, or maybe. I've done uh, this the last twenty four hours, by the way, just to let you know. Sorry, I've been doing this for the last twenty four hours. Oh, okay, <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> so you'll be well scored in it. Okay, we kick <laughs> off when actually the favourite at the moment, one of the favourites, um, Danny Cowley. Maybe. Maybe, okay. Uh, Gary Monk. Maybe. Oh, okay. Mm. Roy Keane. <laughs> no. <laughs> With a laugh in the voice. John, Te- John Terry. No. Okay. Chris, you, you've told us about. Um, Gary, Rowett, yes. Gary Rowett coming back. <laughs> I'm not even going to give that an answer. <laughs> David Moyes. Maybe. Uh, Rafa Benitez. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. okay. You take Rafa. Take, take Rafa. Uh, You're not taking Jose. Where's Jose? Yeah, I've no idea. <laughs> Gabriel Batistuta. Where did he come from? Well, I, think, yeah, well, I know where he comes that, from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go on. And yeah, why not? Uh, yeah. So I thought that, that wasn't a bad game of uh, yes, no. I think we've kind of we've 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 worked out from that the kind of manager uh, you're looking for, certainly. Yeah. That, well, I mm. think I think we wanted Yukanovich, but then he seems to have gone to Qatar, which I can only imagine is for the football. Um, so he's he's there doing that. So, we, we, you know, he's not on the table anymore. So, sadly, no Yukanovic, maybe Houston. Let's wait and see. And uh, to compound your misery today, it's like your manager's off and uh, you're at Lords. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I'm sorry, I hope you're still, you've got sight of the pitch. God. Because we've just lost another wicket, Johnny. Yeah, I just heard us. I just heard a roar from the crowd. Johnny Bearstow's gone. Yeah, so we, yeah, well, sp- cheers, lads. we spared you that anyway. What a shot! You can go and watch it on the big screen. So yeah, it's it, it, that, that. Well, we needed those two to stay in, Mark. Didn't we? Really, this is I not great. Yeah. It's not there. The ball's not there for this shot. It's not. Oh. It's not a good shot. Oh, Johnny, mate. Uh, Mark, good to talk to you. We'll catch up with you soon. No doubt we'll have the uh, congratulations and uh, well done, Chris Hewton, chat. And Mel Morris, um, <laughs> you want to hear from the chairman? He's on with Jim White. He's in the studio for a couple of hours tomorrow. So let your derby mates know from, uh, oh, from right. 10 yeah, tomorrow. So from the horse's mouth, from the chairman on Jim White's show tomorrow on TalkSport. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. There we are. That was uh, this afternoon's show. Tomorrow we talk about table football, foosball, a new film which is going to be on Netflix soon. Uh, Tells the story of the game's growth in America. It was massive at one point, absolutely massive. And so we'll look at its um, rise and subsequent fall uh, with the maker of the documentary tomorrow. Amongst other things, Tim Vickery and all sorts of uh, other bits and pieces. So uh, until then, thanks for downloading us. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 